If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come one, come all. You are listening to the Sixth Sense Report with Darnell Samuels and Joel Nikoloff. Yo, bro. What's going on, Joel? How you feeling? I'm good, man. You looking good, man. Looking fresh. Looking fresh, baby. Am I am I up to dress code? <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Are you a metrosexual? No. Huh? No? Okay. <laughs> for the audience who has no idea what that what means. What a metrosexual. It's a man who takes care of himself. Uh who who takes pride in looking fly. Uh well I would have Oh, so there's other people at the table and they're shaking their head. So, <laughs> okay. So why don't we uh, introduce those at the table with us? I guess. Okay. So we have Aisha Madden, who is a supervisor at uh, Urban Promise and works with young ladies. And then we have Jenna Nikoloff, who is a social worker. Yeah, I specialize in the child and youth worker field. And she is also Joel's wife. And currently a mother to our children. And mother to his two children. <laughs> two kids under two. Not trying for three under three, but... Uh, yeah. I was oh. also the one shaking my head when they asked if you dress stylish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were shaking your head at his definition of metrosexual. <laughs> no, no, that's about right. So, okay. So, uh, so I didn't, I don't, I feel like, I don't feel like I did a, a good enough job started. introducing you guys. So Aisha, why don't you just give more background into who you are? Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm a ministry supervisor at Urban Promise Toronto. So, um, I work primarily with youth ages, um, from like middle school right up to college and um but my background what i actually studied was fashion design so um that's something that i still do on the side but that's me in a nutshell okay cool and jenna about you yeah so i am a child and youth worker i've worked mainly with the at-risk population within the foster care system here in ontario um so i was a foster parent myself i was a foster home supervisor i've worked inside the schools as well so i've had a wide variety of experience here yeah because like i was saying before uh you know when we were brainstorming uh, episode for this episode and you know, it's, so it's me, Joel, and then we have our two interns and they're guys. And so the conversation was just lacking that uh, feminine touch. It was just, man, the, the conversation was just so one-sided and so testosterone driven. I was just like, nah, this is, this doesn't have the right feel. Well, I mean, we're, we definitely, uh, I would think are less impacted by dress codes in school. So to contextualize, the article uh, from CBC is uh, Toronto, the first basically paragraph of the article kind of summarizes the topic. So the Toronto District School Board is changing the rules around what students can wear in the classroom, making it okay to wear hats, hoods, crop tops, and spaghetti straps, all without worrying about being sent to the principal's office. So I was going to say for, for us in, in school, I you know, I would think the only thing that became an issue ever was like, having a hat on or putting your hood up in such a way that like the teacher couldn't see you, you know, you can't really hide in, in essence through your, your clothing for guys. At least that, that was kind of all the, my comment before when I said like, you know, I didn't really feel affected by dress codes. I never really had to think about what I was wearing to school. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would disagree. I would say that there is a lot of restriction on boys, but they just it's not as obvious because it's like you can't have anything that's got gang related, drug related, alcohol related yeah. on your shirt, no swearing, no inappropriate phrases. So you, you take a walk down some flea markets and you see all these ridiculous phrases on some of these t-shirts that all these boys want to wear. And, um, <laughs> and if you recall, Joel, I just threw out one of your shirts. That's body <laughs> suntan lotion applicator. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, well, I hadn't I, worn that one in like 10 years. So Since you're in high school. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so from there was an article we so yeah we were looking at the article from cbc was it the cbc yeah Yeah. cbc article yeah and so basically to start the conversation uh it said uh this year uh school boards in toronto and bc have rewritten their rules for what students are expected to wear putting the emphasis on student choice instead but some parents and teachers are wary of what will bring what this will do to the classroom is is this a cause for concern um i would say i i personally don't think it's a cause for concern uh i growing up in the high school that i went to um they didn't enforce the dress code as much um i don't know if it was because in art school and we were just more expressive but um i think a lot of the concerns that i'm hearing is it about the dress code doesn't necessarily have to do with the person's behavior. So I don't think me wearing spaghetti straps is going to cause me to be disrespectful to a teacher. Um, And I think there's a lot of negative assumptions that come with some of the the dress code rules. And I, I don't agree with those stereotypes. So Mm -hmm. I think people might be, I don't know. um, I guess overthinking it. So that's my opinion. Yeah. How about you, Jenna? Um, it just depends. Like you want to remember, like what's the environment about? It's about learning. So you know what you wear does Im- can impact that, right? Because it impacts what people view you as. It's not so much um, as you were saying about what they will, how they'll act towards a teacher, but it's more like how's the teacher gonna act towards them, right? Because we all judge people, right? Like mm-hmm. we'll get into that a little later, I think. But it just we want to remember that this is a professional environment. This is people's student careers not just you know walking down the mall yeah student oh, that's interesting you say student careers yeah i, I know it's kind of weird because I, I, I it's good that all four of us are here because we all had different experiences at school because i went to a catholic school and a public school mm. um but i'm also historically i've been a bad student <laughs> right <laughs> so so i'm representing that demographic and I'm a grown man now, and like if I had kids, and you know, my kid would have come to me and says, "Yo, Dad, I, you know, I, I want to get this new bomber jacket. I want, you know, I need this to go to school." You know, the first thing in my head is, you know, I don't send you to school to be cool. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care what you look like. Like you know, in this household, like it, you know, I'm a old, I'm grown now, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But now, you know, the 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 school landscape looks different. So, for me, saying, uh, "Yeah, your clothing." shouldn't matter like yes you go there yes you know you want to fit in but your main goal is school mm-hmm. like what people think of you is irrelevant so just go in there and it's all business but yeah i mean it's it, not to to punch back at you it's easy to say it on a very like objective not facing your kids emotional please at the same time right like because i would say as an overriding principle it's a fair position to hold 
but then you know managing your child your child's emotional growth and development kind of counters that a little bit because if they're you know traumatized or or just you know bullied and and your potential um enforcement of standards on them is going to make them more bullied you know mm-hmm. you're going to have to kind of wrestle with yeah. that yeah, and and I guess that in that sense, uh, yes, you're right. Like that could impact, you know, uh, yeah, that could impact your learning. I guess um, and see how that goes. But the the next question I have is, uh, we see a fashion trend where uh, we see a, a simplifying of the dress code in the workplace, which trickles down to the school system. So the culture wants to create a work and learning environment that fosters equality and respect so a safe space where we can uh, be free from judgment so my question is is it possible to dress as we please without being judged or discriminated against i'm gonna go with no um (laughs) i'm currently studying social psychology um, in university and just everything i've learned is just like your judgments are subconscious a lot of the time like they're not as, as aware as people think they are so there's you know you'll people will see you and then they'll just have a judgment and it, it takes a lot to change that. There's uh, something called the confirmation bias where it's a tendency to interpret, seek and create information in ways to verify existing beliefs. So if you have a girl walking around with like a little top on and a little mini skirt on, you're going to think of her as not taking this serious. And now the teachers have to change that mindset, which becomes very difficult to do. I agree. I think people are always going to judge and, and uh, discriminate based on what you're wearing. I just think that now um, with with there not being such a strict dress code, people can't use it as a reason to excuse their biases. Um, as someone who has personally been kind of discriminated against because of like something as simple as like a headband um, or like the way that my hair is worn, it's it helps they can't use an excuse to be like oh yeah i'm going to send you to the office or i'm going to expel you for this and that because it's not professional um so i think it's more than just um yeah uh like the clothes that we wear of course there's always going to be people are going to judge you it's just a natural thing that happens but um people can't excuse it anymore like use it as a reason to um put you in a box basically and punish you yeah i think you know your point with respect if you you know noticing that most of the dress code pullbacks are especially let's say in the the female space are around modesty mm-hmm. you know just kind of pulling back a little bit of the modesty aspect of those um i think you know there's an there's a component where depending on your morality you know you may value modesty higher or lower and and being able to enforce that through uh, a dress code i think is a good example of what you're saying where you know, I mean, there's obviously multiple layers and, and nuances, to, but I just thought of it. it's a really easy way for the listener to kind of go, okay, yeah, I can totally see if you're pro modesty and modesty is part of the dress code, someone who's pushing that line, you now have a, a means to, to use it against them. Mm. Um, now, I think there's a room for conversation around not being modest enough and how that can take away from the environment, whether that's work, school, whatever. Um, but the other side, I think for, for guys that's interesting is more and more within the workplace environment there's a pull away from like let's call it the super formal so everything is kind of trickling down where even at the you know other than a job interview you know being in a full suit is is almost 
abnormal, mm. um, especially in the younger and younger generations. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to, which is no surprise to anyone, um, where they just talk about, you know, literally being in a, in a sports coat and a, and a dress shirt as like the top of the class of, of being dressed up. You know, the formal wear is left for weddings and, and kind of the whatever ballroom type of stuff. Um, especially well, in a work environment. Not to say that that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just. Well, I think that was only in- inevitable as, you know, people used to dress up to the nines to go to church, to go to the movies, to go all these. Now it's like people go to the movies in their pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And slippers. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, if for me, I'm looking at it. Uh, I totally agree with, with Jenna, with what you're saying about the subconscious. And I, I find fashion fascinating in that well i believe that like clothing uh is symbolic of things and and it sends signals to how people should treat you so like for example colors right a person wearing all black versus a person wearing all colors uh the other day at work this girl made fun of me uh so they call me grandpa at work because I wear a cardigan, right? <laughs> and so... So metrosexual of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it, it was funny because I was just like, well, you know, and I was talking, I was like, well, you know, why do you call me grandpa? Well, because the piece of clothing I'm wearing represents like that traditional old school grandpa style. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I'm confident in my myself to be able to wear that piece and not feel like self-conscious but uh, but the point i'm making is just like you know from the shoes we pick like are like are we actually thinking about like what what does what are you wearing joel what are you wearing right now i'm wearing sandals because it's still summer but okay but those are but those aren't just sandals man no, they're burks they're Bur- 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 socks. well it, to take it uh, i uh, exploited my empl- benefits and i got orthotic burks okay i got them for okay. free okay that's great <laughs> right okay you see what i'm saying i'm i'm wearing white on white air force ones um the point being um I'm they ten dollar flats ten dollar flats <laughs> well, what, what do you wear what are you I'm rocking adidas, right now girl classic adidas all right so classic oh, no, Re- reebok sorry all i right. forgot i changed my shoes okay <laughs> all right the class the reebok classics yes yes the white on white yeah okay see all right so now we're talking about what these pieces of clothing um symbolize or f- footwear what they symbolize and subconsciously people see that okay well they see joe's birkenstocks they're like oh he's a casual guy very low-key simple footwear mm-hmm. right they see me with the air force one they're like okay all right I and, see and ding with the air. Let, let's get it right they're still white they're still white, right? <laughs> taking care of my choice yeah you know <laughs> crease free but but the, <laughs> the point being that um these things symbolize things and as we're on the topic of shoes and we have the ladies here so you guys so for those who are sneakerheads they already know what i'm going to ask the ladies is it true that that's the first thing a woman looks at when she sees a man, his shoes. Is that true? I don't think it's the first thing, but it's a factor. <laughs> like, it's a factor? Hold on. Is it one of the first things you notice? So, okay. Oh uh, uh, unpack that. Unpack that, Aisha. First thing, um, well, not it's not a huge thing for me, but I know there's definitely females who are like, oh my gosh, his shoes are gross. Like, um, I know someone who, she was with him at the time. I don't think it'll stop people from like, interacting or females from interacting with males but um 
if your shoes are a certain type of way, I think it does say something about about you. And I don't think there's anything wrong with necessarily um, having an opinion about someone based on the way they dress. Um, I just think that if you allow it to stop you from getting to know the person, then I think that's when it becomes a bit superficial. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jenna? Yeah, I don't really notice shoes that often, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of notice like the fit of their clothes. Are they like super baggy or they like super tight <laughs> like you know and mm-hmm. just kind of are they or are they dressed that fits them well so i think you know both of you guys even darnell's question it's coming to this issue of how you present yourself matters mm-hmm. and so the concern i would think you know from mine and jenna's conversations would be by relaxing dress codes are we forgetting to teach kids that how you present yourself matters well, and it's also just like going back to the being judged part, like, you know, you mentioned it's tr- the workplace is relaxed as well and it's trickling down into the school systems. But like you think of how many thousands of dollars social psychologists have spent on finding how to best dress for an interview and all these things, because the way you first look is what people are going to think of you. And then mm-hmm. you have to make then if it's wrong, you have to mm-hmm. counteract it. And that mm-hmm. is so much harder to do than reinforcing yeah. that old, was that old, that old saying, um, you know, first impressions or lasting impressions. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, yeah. Cause like, like at most workplaces, they're, 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 you know, toning down their dress code. And the idea is, you know, we, you know, be yourself, come as you are, be comfortable. But in the interview, you know, we call you for the interview and you come in, do you come as you are? You know what I mean? Like come presenting the best version of you. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Because, you know, I I remember um, I I, when I used when I had had a part time job at Bulk Barn and um, way back and um, this young man came in for an interview wearing his bed slippers. That right. guy didn't get the job. Huh? That guy didn't get the job. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no, he didn't get the job, but um, he, you know, there's just been a change. I, there, there's definitely a change because, you know, I mean, like if I when I was 15, 16, you know, I, I, my first job was a dishwasher and I think I wore a tie to the interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it didn't matter what your job was. Like you're you're getting overly dressed, right? Oh, I'm gonna go work at Sport Check as a you're sales right. associate. Yo, it didn't matter. Yes, you're right. Right. Like I'm gonna be wearing a uniform. I'm gonna be, you know, certain level of clothing. I'm going, okay, like maybe I don't have a sports coat, but I'm wearing a shirt and tie to mm-hmm. the interview. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even though I'm just working in a sales associate position at like a you know, Joe Schmo retail position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, you know, it's it just changed a lot. Like I, I agree that we should be judged less by our appearance, but matter of fact is it's, it's in our brains. It's, we can't change it. Like, so do we dress to how we want and then deal with the judgments people give us? Well, then you're going to have to deal with those consequences because unfortunately it is what it is. Like, can you honestly say you've ever gone through a day without judging someone that's walked down the street? Right. Right. <laughs> and, and I think also just to flip the question that I asked you guys, the ladies, I think for the fellas, like when it comes to women, and I don't know what your perspective is, Joel, but you know, men, men, 
you know, of course, you know, men and women are different and we look at things differently. But the first for guys, I don't think guys really judge women based on their gear. But whether she's hot or not. And guys are very decisive, despite what you guys might think. Guys, guys are very decisive. It's either you're hot or you're not. It's either I'm going to cross, cross the street and I'm going to come talk to you or I'm not. But would you say the clothing they wear affects that? So if I'm walking down the street yeah. in sweatpants and a baggy sweater, mm-hmm. am I going to be looking as attractive or hot yeah. as I, if I'm wearing a short skirt and a crop top? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Is, so, so, guys, so guys don't say things like, oh, like, yeah, her jackets fly or her, or her shoes are nice, no, but, but that doesn't attract you. You're not attracted to the clothes. You're attracted to the body. So yeah, of course, yeah. If, if she's wearing some something, if the body's with, concealed versus presented. Yeah, yeah, but it, it you know, we're no, no guys really admiring her clothes. In fact, it might even scare some guys because it just shows she has high taste and you can't afford her. You but, know what I mean? And, and, and I mean, I would say there's levels to that, right? Like, mm-hmm. so a girl can dress in a way that's not baggy clothes and completely hiding herself, but the modesty of her clothes can attract can be attractive to you as opposed to being overly presentable or whatever the proper term is. That's a horrible term Um, where like, you know, you're starting to think like, okay, maybe that girl doesn't align with the the lifestyle choices that I want to make. Right. If she's, you know, a little bit more revealing than I'm comfortable with, because if I'm feeling, you know, every other, I'm like, Oh, every other guy's going to look at her in a way that I don't want them to look at her. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I'm not attracted to that girl because of, the persona that goes beyond her. So again, yeah. I would say it's the, the guys read the, the whole, you know, what they're taking in with respect to their body, but also how they're presenting themselves yeah. as opposed to, yeah. Oh, that shirt's really nice. It's more of he's well, she's well kept. Yeah. Like she dresses well Yeah, as opposed to the particulars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know for, for do you, so what you you're saying is that every time a woman asks for man, do you like this dress? And they just say, yes. <laughs> they don't actually know if they like it or not. No comment. Next question, please. <laughs> oh, what? Well, no, I mean, it's, it, like, I would think, you know, in response to that question, I know for me. I just you know, don't ask you me, that question. When, when Jenna no, because no, Tyra, Tyra asked me that question, too. And, and I, I, like, I'll give Jenna a straight up answer for the most part. But I'm also, I would say when it comes to, like, brands or particular, you know, sort of, like, style stuff totally outside of my like meh. it's yeah, more the question like, is how much yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah so no no give me a break no no i know i saw so tyra takes me with her so usually i'm like helping her pick clothes yeah and so she'll ask me okay how does this look and i got in trouble one time because i said it looks fine <laughs> and fine's not not the right answer right because you know i was like oh yeah 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 yeah. you know it's fine it's fine it's fine just, just throw it on we're late just yeah it's the 17th shirt you tied on yeah, it's good yeah, yeah. If you then, like it we're good and then i can't remember what happened but it, 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 i guess it came out that there was something wrong with the clothing or i didn't really li- like even it. like it and she's like oh so why don't you say that and i was like yeah well i mean it's fine I, you know, I mean, I mean, it's fine. You don't want fine. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tyra, so Tyra doesn't didn't want fine, and she's like, yeah, don't do that to me next time. You know, if I ask you what I look like, I need you to be honest and tell me. So I'm like, all right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so it's just one of those little nuances. But okay, so the next question is, so in the CBC article, um, T- Toronto District School Board revises its dress code. The president of the Ontario School 
Secondary School Teachers Federation, Leslie Wolf said, but I think people will quickly come to understand that we're at a time now where there's a recognition that dress policies in the past unfairly targeted female and female identified students and over sexualized them. When it comes to dress codes, women usually get the bulk of the criticism. Why is that? Because women want to show more skin than men. <laughs> well, I would say that I think part of the problem is that, um, like, if you look at the hats and hoodies, it's a really easy in the classroom resolution. Like, take that off. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if they don't listen, you send them to the office. If they listen, it's done. Whereas, like, how do you resolve a spaghetti strap problem? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, personally, I, I think the issue with, with women is that. Um, yeah, they're women and women are beautiful and, you know, men are not, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, you know, the young kids, you know, women have that effect to make, uh, a a man's head turn. So, and and God has blessed them that way. And so it's kind of like this power that women have to kind of nuance, I feel. I think, um, a lot of it falls back on women because also just like, the way that we're portrayed in like basically everything um we were seen as objects and just things to just like as opposed to just who we are as a person too i think it's mm-hmm. never coupled together and there's nothing wrong with like people seeing how beautiful we are like you were saying we were created that way um but like you were saying i agree we just have a lot more things to reveal and um people are watching us a bit more in that sense because we are seen as Unfortunately, a lot of times we're just seen as just objects of uh, things that just we're over sexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of it thing. But I don't. Yeah. Again, I think spaghetti straps and me exposing my shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. If that is causing you to do lustful things, um, then I think you also have to check your heart as well mm-hmm. and where you're at. So, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, you know, women are seen as beauty. Um, right that's kind of how we're visualized within the media and everything and you know for men they can wear a t-shirt with a slogan on it and they can wear a different t-shirt with a slogan on it and they essentially look the same Mm -hmm. women have a lot more expression in their wardrobe a lot more variety um than a lot of guys right because we have skirts shorts skorts pants dresses right guys (laughs) did you say skorts i did say skorts what's that skirt with a shorts underneath it yeah honesty baby Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, didn't know right? That. Guys have pants and shorts, right? We've got tank yeah. top t-shirts, like off the shoulder shirt, like all these ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah. things. Men have, you like know, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts. <laughs> V-neck like, yeah. versus crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, do, do I have a collar? Girls even got the square neck going on. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot so, of options. You know, there's a lot more emphasis on us because there's a lot more variety. And there's, you know, there's so many stores dedicated to just women clothing. Mm-hmm. How many stores are dedicated to just men clothing? Not a lot. Mostly mm-hmm. just suits. Mm-hmm. Like Moore's. Yeah. Like the, you know, that, that yeah. ech- echelon. Everything else kind of falls into a big box. Yeah. You know, that covers everything. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, in the term, like, dress to impress the opposite sex... So how much does the opposite sex influence the way we dress, you know, is, is, and is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, if the whole point about expressing ourselves within the article, that's what they're saying, is the reasoning for part of the reason they want to change these dress codes, mm-hmm. then it should be about 
yourself, but I would say that for teenage girls who are probably pushing this the most, it's about attracting the hot f- athletic boy they like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just think, um, yeah, I, I don't, there's not a problem with you wanting to dress to impress the opposite sex. I, um, but it's the way in which that you do that. So, um, yeah, like when I get dressed and I'm single, so like obviously, um, if I'm going on a date or something, like I'm going to wear something particular because that's part of who I am. I want them to be attracted to me as well, but Mm -hmm. I think, um, there's a certain line, like I don't want them to think like as you guys were mentioning before um that i'm just all out there i'm just here to sleep with you kind of thing or you to just treat me as an object i Mm -hmm. think that we have to be aware of that so i agree i think when they're in high school um there's they're teenagers their hormones are raging they're trying to figure out you know um they're trying to figure out themselves essentially Mm -hmm. so i think but we can't depend on the school to teach our children those things um Unfortunately, that's just the world we live in. Uh, the school is such a secular place. Um, there's going to be lots of different influences. But I think if we're, um, yeah, trying to look more into their behavior and, and what we're teaching our kids to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think with the lax dress code, it is going to be a lot more riff, midriff showing. Um, uh, sorry, what is that? A midriff? Midriff is like just your mid area, like your belly, Torso. your stomach. Oh, your stomach area. Okay. Um, although, yeah, and I think um, no, you don't. You don't wear belly you're tops not that often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're not that much of a metrosexual. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so and booty shorts and it's just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard. It's a hard one because you want people to have the freedom to be able to um, be able to express themselves, but to teach these girls, it's more than just you need, um, especially guys, to not just look at your body um Mm -hmm. to want you for more than that you Mm -hmm. know um yes you want to be attracted to a certain degree but also you want them to be attracted to your mind and your heart and what you're about Mm -hmm. and what you're passionate about so Mm -hmm. yeah if it's all about expressing yourself what is it really expressing yourself by showing your midriff and right Mm. like you know if you want to worse like i've got more of an issue with the midriff than i do the spaghetti straps because it's like whatever like (laughs) i'm like i've never really known a man to be like ooh, that shoulder <laughs> oh yeah like yeah <laughs> yeah but you know when you see like the big torso because i can remember you know when my brothers are older than me when they were in high school like one of my brother's girlfriends would come and she was wearing like i could i swear it was like a foot long torso and i was like okay she's got the world's lowest jeans and the highest shirt and i was like oh wow and then i got oh, to low rise low rise low rise jeans yeah and then i got to high school and it was like long shirts were in and i was like sweet <laughs> this is so much easier on me. I don't have to worry that I've got a flat stomach to wear stylish clothes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on you guys. There is. Yeah. yeah, man. Which is funny because if the point is to dress to impress the opposite sex, you just mentioned that, that you don't really notice how like in style we are compared to the next girl. Mm-hmm. You're probably more competing against or comparing to each other about mm-hmm. your in style than you are with yeah. you know, yeah. bo- the boys looking at how much stylish. Yeah, why do you think girls go shopping in groups? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I think uh, you know to touch on that point and back to my previous point, uh, like I so as a guy, I think yes, you know, th- you know, you know, there's women who dress revealing, but then the women who dress modestly and dress well, I think that also stands out as well, um, and it says a lot about her. 
and in my in my personal opinion, uh, in my little book of Darnell stuff. Yeah. I think my theory is this fine is fine. So for women, you know, it's either you're born with it or you're not. Uh your hair doesn't make you, your clothes don't make you. If you're fine, you're fine. Yeah. Whether you're wearing hoodies or not. Like my wife is fine. And when I mean she's fine, I mean tie head, go to bed, wake up, my wife is fine. Even in the morning. So even if we're going to a wedding and she gets dressed up, it's just just adds on to it. Um and so the point I'm making is that so you know so my wife dress modest. She dresses modestly and it stands out. You're just like, okay, wow, like she's beautiful, but also it says like I'm judging her. I'm judging. Yeah. I'm like, wow, she's serious. Um, she's confident in her in herself. Um all these little subconscious uh points are being made by a woman dressing modestly. So I don't want, you know, any of the ladies to listen and be like, okay, well, you know, sexy is where it's at. I'm like, well, if you want a husband and you want to be taken, not forget husband. If you want to meet the family, you know, you got to dress a different way because I'll be honest, I'll be a hundred. You know, if you're dressing reckless, you will get to the bedroom, but you won't get to the dinner table. Hmm. Right. It's it's just not happening. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak for Joel, but I know in my days, but you know, I wasn't born. I, I didn't, I didn't come up in the church. Mm-hmm. So that's how I used to move. I'd be like, okay, all right, cool. She's hot. She's definitely gonna catch something, but she's not meeting my mom. That's just yeah. not. It's just yeah. not. It, it's not happening because I'm like, yeah, no, this is not the kind of woman I want to take home to my mom. Um, yeah. So for forth. Sure. And like, I'm a modest dresser myself. I've always have been. I don't know where it came from because my mom even says I dress too modestly sometimes mm-hmm. um <laughs> and it, it's yeah, yeah. true and then uh you know in grade eight the guys decided to get together and make the top 10 hottest list and I made that list really okay no but you know we're laughing but that's Claim to fame. But, no but we're laughing but that's but that's a good point though that's yeah a, that's a very good point you're like yeah okay you know although that's so immature, yeah. but, <laughs> but this yeah, is but the age we're talking about. Yeah, though. but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, yeah, if they did make the list and you made the list, and, but dressing modestly, then uh, that confirms my point. Hot is hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. Like, so sometimes I'll, you know, I'll tell, you know, the young girls that I mentor, I'm like, yo, you, you don't got to stress. You ain't got to stress, you know, having the fly shoes, the, the dope dress, the hype jack. That doesn't matter. Like if you're fine, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and at some point, a guy is going, somebody's going to notice it. But I also think like, um, modest doesn't equal unsexy. I agree. You know? So you can still be modest and Mm -hmm. still be sexy Mm -hmm. and still express yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a narrative that isn't Mm -hmm. stressed enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of the times, like, it's either you have to be super revealing in order to be sexy or you have to be like, basically a nun and cover Mm -hmm. your whole self up and Mm -hmm. that's it, right? Um, And that's something that I try to stress with my girls is like, you don't have to reveal everything, but you can still express yourself and still be sexy. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with being sexy. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a narrative that's not spoken enough. Um, I, no, I, I want you to uh, keep talking about that because uh, there was a video that came up on Facebook of the work that you do with the girls and you make prom dresses mm. uh, for the girls because uh, you know how to do that. Can, yeah. you, can you talk a bit about that? Well, yeah, basically it birthed out of the fact of like it was a gift I wanted to um, give them 
if they'd graduated high school because for a lot of them they were the first one in their family Mm -hmm. but also in the back of my mind um i know that some of these girls may have struggled with body image um also just what to wear what not to wear some of them weren't confident enough some of them were a little well weren't confident but showing it in different ways to try and impress people so uh, i really wanted them to understand that they can still look beautiful and not have to basically wear next to nothing which is becoming this weird trend right now with prom dresses um (laughs) a lot of mesh and see-through stuff so not and again like to each its own but i really wanted that them to know that they could still look beautiful and not have to compromise who they are or compromise um their values and their comfort level yeah and to their comfort level exactly right um but yeah that's basically but that but you know i you know not to hang on on that but Mm. that sounds so deep because that sounds so intimate because, like, you know, the girl comes to you and she shows you the picture. Mm-hmm. I want this. And then you, and as the older person, you're just like, uh, you know, side <laughs> eye. You're like, uh, you know, a boo. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. You know, so, like, you how don't does, really want that. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, how do you, how does that go, that discussion? I think, um, yeah, so when they come to me, I usually just tell them, don't just show me one dress. Show me, show me different aspects of different dresses. I want to catch the vibe of what they want because mm-hmm. once I understand what, like again yeah the vibe and and the style that they're kind of looking towards Mm -hmm. then and i see their body type and i see what they're about knowing them on a personal level i can um then discern okay and then i come up with my own design for them to say okay i think this would be more flattering and sometimes through the process like we make some changes but um yeah i think it's easier to do when you have a relationship with them to be like hey look um i don't say that this won't look good on you but i'm like hey we should try this instead i think having off the shoulder, having a split, and then having a mini dress underneath um, would be more flattering for you and an A-line thing as opposed to something that's super um, fitted and you're not necessarily going to feel comfortable in. So, yeah, I more point to what looks good on them than what doesn't look good on them. Yeah, I think that brings up an interesting point going back to the schools, you know, about like trying to talk to girls about what they wear and you mentioned that it's best done with a relationship Mm. but a lot of these teachers don't have relationships with their students in that intimate level that you do so when you have this teacher come up to you and be like you need to go cover up like what do you think they're gonna say yeah right how how is that message interpreted it's you know obviously taken in a negative context Mm -hmm. and i mean this this you know to some extent begs the question of like okay if we're relaxing dress code you know we've kind of touched on this already, but like who then becomes responsible for teaching people how to dress. And, um, Mm. you know, there's an, I would say there was probably an argument historically that the dress code was setting the standard as an implicit way of teaching people how to dress. Um, but as both of you guys just indicated, that idea of a personal relationship and back and forth has much more influence on decision-making and preparing people to make the decision for themselves than just saying, here's the rules you have to follow. And by somehow following those rules, you're going to learn how to dress. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good segue, Joel. Because, yeah, in the article, there was a parent who said, um, she asked, uh, they can express themselves, but there should be limits on it. Who should, who would you say um, is responsible for, like, who would you guys say is responsible for teaching? Yeah. Yeah, teaching how to dress. Yeah, because, like, I think... The, the the article is implying that the school is. It's implicitly implying because the school is kind of setting the standard and parents are kind of saying, okay, well, if the school says it's okay, then 
I guess. Now, of course, parents know that's not the case. But um, I, I was uh, in our brainstorming with Joel. Um, I got this concept, and let me know what you guys think. I think that our style, our dress code, our, our or more so our style, not dress code, but our style comes from our parents. Um, I would have to disagree. Yeah. Me and my mom have polar opposites. No, okay, but that doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't come from your parents. No, because no. it comes out of your environment, right? Because I would say I said the same thing. I was like. The, the things I experienced being dressed by my parents, I can see how they shaped how I want to dress today. And it was more because I had a brother who was the same age as me. And I remember he got the blue one, I got the green one, or I got the blue one. You know, like We got the same clothes all the time. And so there was an aspect of me striving for individuality with my clothing um, that I can see rooted in that experience of me as a child. And so, yeah, I, I, I would say you, like the way my mother dressed me growing up has shaped me how I dress now, but in the complete opposite manner. And the <laughs> fact that I will probably never wear those things, <laughs> right? My mom like was so excited to have a girl. It was all pink and flowers and like mm-hmm. all these like super crazy patterns. And now I'm just like plain Jane, mm-hmm. you know, like very little pink, if any, and like no patterns, just solid colors. Like, yeah. Mm. How about you, Aisha? I think... I think your parents do have a lot of influence, but I don't think they're the only ones. And um, like we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of pressure from school um, with your friends and trying to fit in, especially during those high school years. But I think, yeah, I think again that it comes down, I guess it does in a sense come down to your parents because of how you're raised and your influence and what you were taught. So like for me, um, I did go through a confusing time in high school, but as I started to get older and get into the older grades of like grade 12, I started realizing like I need to stop caring what these people think and I need to just do my own thing and express myself in the way that I want. But that was also something that was instilled for me in me, sorry, from my mom from a young age um, to, to be true to yourself um, and not try to always fit the norm. What everyone is doing isn't necessarily right either. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it does kind of. So then, down. cause like I, you went to school for fashion. So mm-hmm. what made you do that? Fashion. And, uh, essentially it was my mom. Uh, she used to sew a lot. And then I, um, in high school, I was a part of the fashion show, designed stuff for that. And I, yeah. I yeah. So you're already fashion savvy, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're being all modest out here. No, I was, I was, I would say like, I liked being creative, um, mm-hmm. with my clothing. Um, yeah, that was always a thing for me, I guess. And it was just a way to express myself. Um, yeah. But also as I got older and I realized how much, clothing has an influence on our life mm-hmm. and now working with girls i think a lot of that because i didn't just start working at room promise i i volunteered throughout high school and worked there so i realized that the influence that i was having and i realized that the girls were starting to follow um suit so i was mm-hmm. like i wanted to show them i was very intentional about showing them that again you can still be sexy true to yourself um and comfortable without having to reveal too much mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i think a lot of the influence for me when i was a teenager came from the uh, the girls I looked up to, whether that was a peer in my grade that was more popular than me, or I had a cousin, my older cousin lived with me at the time. I stole a lot, a lot of her clothes when I mm. went to school, right? Like, cause we shared a room. So I was like, you're not wearing this today. Can I wear it? She's like, sure. So like, you know, I got to dress with like an older girl does, even though it might not have been the most stylish, but it was just like, I looked up to her. So that's, I think where a lot of these girls get their impressions from at a teenage years. Like you might your values come from your parents that's going to come out in how you dress but i think a lot of the pressure in how you dress comes from your peers hmm. it's interesting yeah no well because 
my the the way I dress comes from my parents, and that's why I made that conclusion. Mm-hmm. So you know, my mom always told me, you know, you gotta leave the house looking like somebody's child. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like so, iron iron your pants, um, dress for the occasion. So she she would always, and it's weird because she would always buy me, um, as, you know, as a little boy, she would always buy me um, traditional grown man pieces. Mm. Um, so cardigans. I had pardon cardigans. Uh, yeah, cardigans. <laughs> yeah, cardigans, suit <laughs> jackets. Uh, bow and tie. then uh, bow ties, and then my mom uh, bought me like this uh, overcoat, like this wool overcoat that you wear over over your suit. Mm-hmm. You know, as a little boy. Now, now you know I'm probably like seven, so I'm gonna grow out of. I only wore it once. Wow, I wore it once, but ju- that was you know my mom was just saying, okay, well you need an overcoat, so when you go to church, you know you look proper. Mm-hmm. And so and it was a nice, it was, it was, you know, you're like oh, you know, look fresh. It feels nice. Well, well, it, well you know what? If you know what. It felt nice, you know. The material felt nice. Um, Warm. I, I looked like I looked like a grown man, even though I was seven. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And those things. So now that I'm older, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So for me, you know, that's still at the back of my head. That still rings in the back of my head. My father. Uh, I found a picture of him when I was, you know, with me and my little sister at the park. And you know, my dad was wearing something that guys are wearing right now. Like he was like, if you looked at the picture, you'd be like, yo, when was this picture taken? Mm, well, yeah. Your bro it was taken like almost 30 years ago. And, you know, my dad's, you know, he's wearing his bandana and he's wearing his V-neck sweater, orange V-neck sweater, burgundy, you know, some fit pants. And I'm just like, oh, and then and then and then, and then uh, uh, the casual shoes with no socks. And I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. I'm like, this is what guys are rocking right now. Fashion but, goes in cycles. That's yeah, why. yeah, you see what I'm saying? So it was just one of those things. I was like, okay, wow. So I say all that to say that, um, you know, it, yes, you know, this, this, no, the school does not determine what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Um, you know, there's times where our parents don't let us leave the house where they're like, no, 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 no. You're not nah. wearing that. No, you're not wearing. What is that? Uh, has that happened to you guys at all? Yeah, like, so a lot of my enforcement of dress came from when I was a foster parent and I was fostering these teenage girls. I had four in my house at the time. Um, so, of course, they all wanted to dress. And I always had to send them back to the room, like, go cover your stomach. You know, the school is not going to let you dress like that. And, like, you shouldn't dress like that. And then I had one girl that ran away on me and she and had a court date. So I, um, I showed up at the court date and she comes and she's in a pair of jeans that are ripped to shreds. I'm like, I don't even know how they're staying together. Mm-hmm. And she, wa- she walked into the courtroom. She walked into the courtroom and stood in front of the judge, and the sh- judge said, turn around and get out. You got to go back and get some clothes. Mm-hmm. The judge kicked yeah. her out. So, mm-hmm. like, this whole, like, I'm just expressing myself. you got to remember, there is a standard, and it is. In certain places. Be, yeah, there's yeah. a professional environment. So, like, you're not in school as much as you think you are. Like, you're in school from, what, maybe 8 to 2, and then you're out of school from 2 to 10. So you're actually out of school more. So you have more time to express yourselves on those times. And if mm-hmm. the school wants to maintain a professional environment because that's their standard. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they want to facilitate. Mm-hmm. Then I think they're in the right to do that. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I totally agree. with. I liked how Jenna s- said it. Um, you know, it's a professional environment. Now, when I was in school, I was unprofessional. You were not there for school. Oh, bro. Oh, bro. I was so unprofessional. But now I'm a grown man. And Jenna, and I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to use that term. Yeah. It's a professional environment. And we forget that. We forget that. Like, 
you know, as a, you know, one day when I become a father, like I have to communicate to my kid, like, look, like I understand, you don't want to be fly fresh to death, all that. But at the end of the day, bro, this is all business. This is all money. I'm sending you to school to get that money. Forget you could be fly later. I need you to pass this test. I need you to be in the library. I need you to be studying. You know what I mean? And then worry about that other stuff later. So yeah, yeah, I totally uh, agree with that. Um, that that point, Jenna. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm uh, like, like looking at, you know, the dress code from a guy's perspective, and then you know when we go out and then, you know, we get dressed. I think we still take into account what women think. Yeah, I think, you know, the the dress code piece is, you know, not as important as like, what? Are, how are we expected to dress in the given context, right? So job interview, you know, historically, you know, church, different things where like, okay, what's the expectation of me? And, and whether consciously or subconsciously, you're, you're thinking about what is that expectation of me? And I think that applies to, to females as well, whether that's what's the expectation from, okay, this guy's going to see me. How do I want him to, to yeah. interpret it? Or like, but it's always about the expectations set. Yeah. Uh, Tom Ford, uh, the, the suit designer, uh, you know, he has a quote and I use it a lot. You know, he said that, uh, you know, dressing, dressing well is a form of manners of showing manners mm-hmm. as, as good manners. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even bringing it to scripture and looking at, uh, the King who invited people to, um, his, 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 his um, his, his event. And you better know this parable. You shared it at your wedding. I know, I know, <laughs> but, 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 but what, what happened was, uh, he, he provided the garments he provided the, the the clothing for his event, and so there was somebody who wanted to come to the event and didn't want to wear the garment. He didn't want to wear. It. He wanted to be his. He wanted to do his own thing. And the king says, "Throw him out into the utter darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth." Right? And you're like, "Oh wait, weeping and gnashing of teeth? That's hell language." Right. So, right. So it, it, it's deep. But what, but what, what we're saying is like, yo, like there's a time and place for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, there's good manners in, in, in dressing appropriately for the event. Right. So, um, we talk about weddings, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go into the wedding, there's a dress code for the wedding and you want to dress well because you want to show, um, respect the, the hosts. Yeah, like you're like yo. I don't want to disrespect your event. If I'm going to an Indian wedding, or like a, a traditional, like a really traditional African wedding, and their traditional garments are what's seen as respectful, I'm gonna go get one of the outfits. I'm not gonna come mm. and do my own. I'm not gonna disrespect nobody's event. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the place to express yourself. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would say like you know in context of that like you know so you think some weddings are little less formal my attitude has always been like i'd rather be overdressed than underdressed mm-hmm. right in those in those contexts right so in the sense of disrespect i'd rather i went over and above like someone's not going to feel disrespected because i overdressed right they might laugh because i'm the only one in a shirt and tie and a suit jacket when it's like a hillbilly wedding but or they're not going to be it's it's the opposite effect of like mm-hmm. i'm showing up in jeans and a t-shirt at a wedding that's you know, everyone else is in suits. Yeah, or or the opposite would happen where people are like, oh shoot, 
yo, Joel, you yo, you fly. You you the flyest guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. Because you know you're what overdressed. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well. Part of it too is, is you're not overdressed in a way to say I'm uncomfortable and I don't feel confident or comfortable in what I'm wearing. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're overdressed in you're confident in what you're wearing. Like yo, I know I look fly. Mm-hmm. So if y'all if y'all ain't on, <laughs> get you can't tell me you're not on yeah, my yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't tell me nothing. You well, know what I mean? I, I will say that situation did happen to Joel. We had a oh really? Okay, because I, ba- I have another had situation about Joel. We okay. had a family friend who had a backyard wedding, and Joel and I have known this wo- uh, woman for like twenty plus years, and she had a backyard wedding. Just so you know, not that, that usually tells you that it's not as formal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joel had just gotten this really nice suit from his brother's wedding, so he decks it all out. And, you know, and I was like, you're going to be the only guy that's wearing like that. He's like, no, it's all right. My dad walks in and he's like, you're overdressed. (laughs) (laughs) But but, it's like, and that's like, you know, they're like, I kind of have a spectrum of like, okay, how would I dress to a wedding? And I was like, you know, whether it's color coordination, whatever it was that like, I'd rather be at this, you know, overdressed stage than, you know, Jenna was like, no, no, you wear this. And I'm like, I don't like that. Like, I just didn't like the way it looked, you know, let's say it was just like, polo and and dress pants mm-hmm. and i was like you know for whatever reason my options were like full suit or polo and dress pants maybe mm-hmm. it was like the dress pants i wanted to wear were dirty so i was like no i'm going full suit mm-hmm. but i don't mm-hmm. remember, you know i don't remember the nuances but yeah. i do remember choosing to be overdressed intentionally yeah yeah and, th- and that's what dress code does i feel like the dress dress codes create hierarchy mm-hmm. um who's the man who's not the man for lack of a better term um and and that's why we kind of see um, the culture kind of, you know, the culture's, you know, anti-hierarchy, anti-patriarchy. Um, certain pieces of clothing sim- symbolize um, um, manhood, who's the boss, uh, standard of what's accepted, what's not accepted. And, and, and I can see why they want people to feel accepted. And, and dress code is, is symbolic of... Um, it's symbolic of, of, of hierarchy. And so, you know, blurring those lines, um, is what they, is w- what it feels like. In my opinion, it, it feels like that's what they're, tr- um, um, the workplace is trying to do. Um, you can't tell the difference between who's the boss and, uh, who's the, uh, employee, the employer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, so you kind of see that happening, um, in the workplace and also possibly in the school. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, students feel like they're not professionals, which is what we mentioned earlier. But I'm like, if we turned it around that the teachers could wear whatever they want, I'm sure a lot of parents and students would not be okay with it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah. the NBA shut that down uh, years ago, like in the 90s. Uh, when in terms of what you can The Iverson it. era. Yeah, the Iverson era where dudes were coming with the baggy jeans and the, <laughs> the basketball jerseys and the baseball caps and then... You know, um, David Stern, yeah, David Stern, he shut that down. And that was a big controversy. And he's just like, and the argument was saying, okay, well, look, fellas, you know, you know we'll, you're professionals now. Like, like you guys have to come in and dress appropriately. Um, and in light of that, so now today, Iverson, <laughs> Iverson was making some commentary. And he's just like, well. Practice. Like, no, no, <laughs> no but, but Iverson, no, but Iverson was talking about the way guys dress now. So I don't know if you guys follow, like, and. So the way guys dress now, Iverson's just like, okay, um, you know, Russell Westbrook, Dwayne Wade, they're very out there with what they're wearing. And Iverson's just like, yo, like, 
this is a little bit no different than what I'm wearing. Actually, this is worse. I was like, this is worse. Like, what what Westbrook is wearing to games is worse. It's like an it's a suit, but it's over the top. Yeah, or not even just a suit. Sometimes it's just over the top. And I'll have to probably put, post some stuff in the show notes. And that, that's why I went on that rant. Remember that rant I was going on on Twitter and Facebook during the draft, the NBA draft, and yeah. I was make, making fun of all the the guys who were coming in their suits because <laughs> their suits were just like super. They weren't fitted. They, well, uh, or sometimes like one dude looked like Sky, what Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was just I was just like, what? That's not a suit. You're getting drafted into the NBA, bro. Like, and then the number one draft pick, Zion Williamson, um, he didn't wear a tie, and then the, and then the shirt was unbuttoned, and the chest was out. And I was just like, yo, bro. I know you, you. You look like you're about to go to Cabana uh, Pool Bar. <laughs> like, like it was just like it, it didn't. I was just like, what happened to the suit and tie? But you can just see the, the, the culture kind of going away from the formal, from the structure, from the hierarchy, from the patriarchy. I think you just gave a great example of how you can stay within the limits of a dress code and still express yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good. Good point. And, and, and you definitely see that the little nuances, like even yeah, I was criticizing him for not buttoning up his shirt. I'm like, OK, if you're not going to wear a tie, bro, button up your shirt, because at least it shows some kind of order. But I mean, that's, you know, that's my your opinion. perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's like, my perspective. It, mm. But the point I'm making is that, you know, these things, the, you know, whether you button all the way to the top or you button one button sends a message. That's my point. Mm. So, right. You know, wear I a tie, not wear a tie sends a message. Bow tie versus a regular tie sends a message. Birkenstocks versus Air Force One sends a message. And, and this is where I would say, like the predicament we're faced with this whole this whole issue like we were talking about okay who's responsible for teaching us how to dress and those things and and i mean there's a bigger issue here i think of also like how much do parents kind of let go of the responsibility for teaching because they're like oh my kids in school right mm. the school's yes. job is to teach my kids yes. and like it's to enforce the dress and, well, and and there's so many layers to that whether that's you know okay yes there's a, a an educational progressional learning but there's also so many other things your children are going to learn that you as a uh, parent are still responsible for mm. right think of all the like more so emotional development stuff mm -hmm. that, that you are responsible for mm -hmm. and so part of where i'm getting at is like you know how much uh, have we as a society unloaded that responsibility onto the school oh. system and onto you know government or or onto the church and kind of said, oh, I don't have to worry about it. And, and I think there's a little bit of that involved here because why did this rule get changed? was because parents were complaining. Because their kids the were complaining board. to them. And so now part of the dilemma here is that you've got a vocal minority, a handful of parents that were complaining to the school board and, the, and we, we don't have the ability for a nuanced solution. Mm. It's one, it's broad spectrum. Hey, because yeah. I mean, I think of, how many private schools are all uniformed? All of them. Like, almost well, yeah, all, all of like, them. Almost all. That's a good point, Joel. That's a good point. Are, are, are uniformed and yeah. and you can still uh, express yourself with uniforms. You know, it's not as simple. Like generally, there's lots of options. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you were talking about when you yeah, went, we went to ND. School. Yeah, when I went to ND, you know, like although you know we wore uniforms, you could still tell who was who. Yeah. You know whether you know you had the guys who wore black vans and you guys had the guys who wore black on black Air Forces and you know what group they belonged to. Right. So there's still yeah. nuance. But mm -hmm. but where I was trying to go with it is that, you know, we, we don't allow schools because of the, the school board's perspective and, and kind of the broad 
solutions where, hey, maybe there's a school where the parents all want their kids to have a higher level of dress code, but you mm. can't actually do that because of the, the way we're doing this policy on a school board level. My, my answer to all of this would be let every school set their own dress code, mm. right? Because mm. now, depending on the context, maybe there's a reason why, hey, hats have become a problem in our school. We need to shut it down. I know it's a silly example, yeah. Yeah. but but you're not allowing for that nuance where school by school, we can address problems as they arise. You know, maybe for whatever reason, with regards to midriffs, the girls continue to push the limits. It becomes a problem. There's always like, yeah, they're within the rules, but they're not within the rules. So like, hey, we're just going to shut it down completely because you're abusing the rules. And Uh, so there's no ability to kind of nuance the rule to the actual small population you're dealing with yeah um yeah no and again i think like the point of school and the education system so there's no such thing there's no such thing as a neutral education and all education is geared to producing a particular kind of citizen right socio socio uh, political engineering right and trying to make kids be a particular thing so so education that's what it's geared to right and we look at the school board and we see how they're navigating the dress code. So my question to the supervisor or the overseers, I would ask them, I'm like, what kind of people are you trying to produce? Mm-hmm. Um, versus, like you said, the good point about like the private school. Well, why is the private school um, having, why, why is there uniforms? Because to Jenna's point. It's a professional environment. Like this is serious business. Yeah. And like, when the parents are shelling out ten grand a year per kid, they're like, "Well, yeah, not just that, but yeah, well, but but our is. kids, our kids are going on to do big things, mm-hmm. right?" So like that that's that's so easy. That's so like not you don't have to think to just be yourself, but it takes a lot of work and consideration to say, "Okay, look, I'm going to be something. I'm going to." be that particular person and everybody has their brand i understand um like kind of like you know being on social media is our online resume is what people call it mm-hmm. so uh, if you if you're looking to be uh like a youtube sensation then your brand matters so like there is kind of like high snobbery in the urban culture right so you want to be wearing uh bape or um off-white or whatever supreme whatever whatever's in stock right that's high-end fashion and those people are seen as you know um the standard of what's cool so you know if you're gonna adjust to that and that's what you have to do that's cool i'm not saying everybody should be wearing shirt and tie that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying you should understand your brand mm-hmm. um and and the lane you're trying to run in so there's nothing wrong with wearing you know your skater gear um, or whatever the case, or there's nothing wrong with suit and tie. Just make sure that you're understanding that, you know, you're forming your brand and people will judge you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who teaches us to dress because w- teenagers are old enough to dress themselves and they're going to have to reap the consequences of how they want to present yes. themselves. Yes, good point. That's very true. What would you uh, leave the listener with since I didn't ask Jenna, but she kind of gave him the punchline? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, I agree. I think they have to deal with those consequences and I think that, um, those who have influence should be helping to teach these kids that what essentially what you're wearing, people are, are going to judge you at the end of the day, whether you like it or not. So um, be mindful of what you're doing. So. Yeah, I mean, 
I would say I would agree with both of you guys. Um, and so I'll leave the listener kind of with what I what I brought up at the near the end was just that, you know, I think this is an example of when you like when you're doing things on a, a governmental level, you're just doing it on such a broad spectrum. So if you have issues with it being too conservative, not conservative enough, the problem is you're trying to create a solution for millions of students all at the same time point. or, or yeah. hundreds of thousands of students. And and so I would say that you know, rather than being frustrated with your school board or your, you know, the, the current rules, there's an aspect where you're actually frustrated with the way the system is designed. Um, and so just recognizing that a little bit maybe ha- helps you navigate the scenario with a little more grace. Mm-hmm. Um, because unfortunately, there's nothing your principal can do about it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and if you really want to, you, you'd have to blow up the system or, or drastically change the way the system is designed. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, well, thank you guys uh, for coming on the show. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Us. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, and, uh, and if uh, and you guys have any questions or comments, you guys know where to find us, Six Sense Report on Facebook and Twitter. or six, And the show notes page will be at sixcentsreport.com. All right, remember, Six Sense makes change. <laughs>